buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode, and I have got a fantastic guest for you today. I have Sarah Balling of The Perfect Pitch, and she's going to talk a little bit about what is The Perfect Pitch and what that is made up of, and we're going to learn a little bit more about her story as well. So, Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Colin. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome to be here. So just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came about, you know, this business of the perfect pitch. Well, initially I'm from Africa. We recently immigrated to Australia almost a year ago and there were big plans in place. And of course, this little thing you may have heard of it called COVID happened. And of course, that threw plans way window. Mm. Now, I come from a sales and marketing background. I'm the sales and marketing director of our business back in South Africa and have been for many years. So absolutely love sales, know the importance of sales in a business. And from that side, there's this one little thing that people tend to overlook. They don't give it the importance that it should have. And yet the impact it can have on your business is huge. And of course, this is what most people refer to as the elevator pitch. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So when we look at an elevator pitch, in essence, it's a 30 to 40 second pitch that introduces you and your business. Now, when you look at that, I ask this question because people say to me, is it not an antiquated concept? And the truth is it is, Colin, because mm-hmm. who actually gets into a lift, throws out a 30-second pitch to whoever's in front of them and hopes that it'll work because hope is not a strategy. So in essence, if you've ever done that to someone, they've probably hit the button, got out at the next floor and run for their lives. And if it's happened to you, you've probably done the same thing. So the concept of the elevator pitch is great, but in terms of what it actually is, there's more to that. And that's how the perfect pitch was born, where we actually look at how do you connect with your prospects? Because the perfect pitch ultimately connects you to the right person at the right time. So it's really delving into that. 
Okay, so let me ask you, I have so many questions. Um, and, and I love your analogy there of the elevator pitch, right? Because for some reason, that 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 term elevator pitch, it's just like, isn't that? Yeah, it, it very much sounds like an old way of doing things, right? But, yeah. but your pitch is what you use in sales for anything, right? Now, my, my question is, around this is, okay, so, cause I interview a lot of salespeople and I network with a lot of salespeople. Um, and sometimes, you know, the simple thing that you ask is, you know, tell me what you do, right? When you're networking with somebody or, you know, what is it that you do? And it's, it's interesting how many people really struggle with how to explain in a way that you can understand what it is they do. You know, a lot of times you get this big throw up of features and benefits and wards and their founder and this and that and the other, but you're still like, okay, but what the hell is it that you do? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it's even, there's even people that I've, you know, chatted with recently that really struggled to articulate what it is they do. Um, and know it. They're like, yeah, we're still kind of trying to figure out, you know, how to explain what we do. And it's like, that is gotta be one of the core foundational things that you got to do in the very beginning. Yep. Um, and I know that we're going to dig into that. And then I have, I have one more question. So if there's a, you know, elevator pitch for the company of what you do as a company, now should the sales professionals have their own version of that? Or should they just be, you know, uh, parroting what the pitch for the company is? So that, that's a bit of a double-edged sword question, and I'm glad you asked it because it is so relevant. I think when we look at business, and again, it's probably a bit of an old-fashioned concept, but I really do believe that it still applies today, is people don't do business with businesses. People do business with people. And it's about how do you connect with that person? Because if you had to take two very different positions, if you had to take a top class sales executive versus a chief financial officer, they both do very different things in the company. So if the question was, what does your company do? That is a different question. What do you do is a different question, but ultimately you want to reach the same point. So, you might find that there are certain things within the pitch that everybody in a company would use because it is what it is. But in there, we still need to bring that element of who are you? Because, mm. you, you know, you may say, I really like the accountant of that company, even though they're not the salesperson. And that's why I want to deal with them. Or, of course, vice versa. So I really, really do believe that there are certain things that will be parroted, as you said, but other things are about you as an individual as well. And it's not a big part because, remember, we only have 30 seconds but or 30 to 40 seconds, but there are certain key elements. And the joy of the perfect pitch, where we I know we're going to delve into that, is that it's a list and change. There there are things that you can add, but in essence, we really get a succinct message of what the company does because people do need to know the benefits. But as you say, they don't want it vomited on them with, you know, way too much information. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so basically, listen up, sales hustlers. There's there's two parts to that, right? So there's there's the basic core of what the company does, which is part of your pitch, but but also what I'm hearing Sarah say is 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 you know in order to connect with people, there needs to kind of be your own your own version of that, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So how does somebody? Let's just you know assume that the sales hustlers out there listening. You know, haven't really nailed their their pitch, their thirty second pitch, their elevator pitch, their cold calling pitch. Their you know, this is something that's universal that can be used in all of your channels, right? Yeah. And they just haven't really nailed something that's getting that connection with people that they need to drive more relationships. How do they go about building that up? Okay, so in essence. We're going to delve into the seven key foundational elements. And my recommendation is to your listeners is to grab a pen, grab a paper, and actually make notes because building something. So it's not a case of just going, oh, I'm just going to, you know, do it off the fly. Doing it off the fly is great in the sense that there is that authenticity. There is that, that stuff that comes together. But you also don't want to waste an opportunity. You never want to look back and think, oh, if I just thought about this, it would have been a bit different. So it's about actually investing time in, in creating that pitch. And what I've seen, what's amazing with my students, and, and just to share a story, is I had a really lovely lady who joined the Perfect Pitch course. It's a really short course. And initially I said, you know, please introduce yourself. And I literally sat there going, what do you do? I still don't mm. know what you do. So eventually I said to her, what is your website? And I went onto her website, I went, oh, that's what you do. Okay. So she said, it's clear oh, in a- my mind. I said, it's not clear when you, when you, like what's going from the mind to the mouth, something's happening. And it was amazing within four hours of work, what she delivered. And then I was at a networking event. She delivered that pitch. And I honestly, I was like a mother hen. I was like, oh, this is so amazing. But it was really mm. phenomenal when you actually apply it and when you actually apply the principles you are able to do it. Like no one can say, I can't do it. It Every single person, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, you can do this. It's it's easier than you think. All right. So that's four, four hours to craft the, the perfect pitch from somebody that had really no understanding of what they do or maybe in their mind they do, but how to connect with people and get them to understand, right? So what happens when, talk, talk to me about, before we kind of, you know, delve into the, the, the foundational pieces of, of, of building out that perfect pitch, um, tell me, let's talk a little bit about what happens when you don't have the perfect pitch, like when you confuse people, right? Because we see it all the time, like, you, you know, salespeople just struggling to, articulate what it is they do in a short amount of time and just, you know, trying all these different things, but with no process and not really knowing what's working or what's not working and just ending up being very confused and frustrated. So I think that the difficulty there is, and, and you know, that is a universal problem and I do, I see it a lot. And if you are not sure about what you do, okay, or let's say, put it this way, if you don't communicate it clearly, people may, sense of I like this person because inherently we like people we see the good in people I hope so you may say I really like them 
but I'm not sure about what they do. So one of two things will happen. They will either like that person so very much that they will go and possibly Google it. They will have a look. They'll ask people, you know, hey, Colin, I met that, that gentleman over there. Not quite sure what he does, but he's got great energy. You know, do you know? Yeah, he's a this. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So it becomes quite muddy. Of course, the worst case scenario is they walk away and they go, I have no idea what that person does. And that's the mm -hmm. end of it. There is no, there's nothing further. And it's, and it's worse if you actually attempted to explain what you do and they're saying, I have no idea what they do. Absolutely. Right? Because I think you're, 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 you're uh, giving people a little bit of the benefit of doubt that maybe they're a little bit nicer than you're thinking. Because if somebody doesn't know what it is you do, I'm not going to bank on them going to figure it out and do some research and read my website. Most people are not going to take the time to do people that. People are busy. Yeah, and it's and it's that first impression that really matters, right? Yeah. And 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 I know from you know being pitched many times by people and going through you know different iterations of our pitch um, for the various different companies that I'm a part of, um, you know. Sometimes it's really just, and, and, and tell me if you agree with this or not, but sometimes it's really just simplifying it. Like, I feel that a lot of people, a lot of sales professionals out there, they try to add too much. They try to explain too much. They just vomit all of this information that wasn't asked for in their True. pitch. And yeah. they lose people at some point. And then at some point, they might get to a point in the conversation where they're actually explaining it well, but they've already lost the person's attention and it's too late. Okay. Right. So like literally just keeping it really simple and straight to the point and not trying to dress it up too much. Is that a strategy that works? Absolutely. And what's interesting there is I run a pitch for coffee, which I know you'll share with your listeners as well and have a really, really superb gentleman who comes in. He's a sales and marketing chap and, you know, he ticks all the boxes. He's really lovely and friendly and everything else. And from a, from myself coming from a sales and marketing background, at one point he was talking about touch points and it made complete sense to me because, you know, you're in sales, your listeners are in sales. We all know what a, you know, what a touch point is. It's the easiest thing. But there was someone who wasn't in sales and eventually she said, what are you actually selling? Is it like mm. a, is it like a touchy thing? And he's like, no, it, it's like a hot button. She's like, a what? <laughs> so even those simple terms can often get lost on people. So you almost need to take it right down to the bare basics, things like acronyms. And, you know, for, and I'm going to give it a great example. When I arrived in Australia, I needed to do a conversion on my pilot license. I'm a hot air balloon pilot. So I phoned a friend who was here and I said, I need to get hold of the ATO to do my conversion. And he said, okay, if you go on to gov.newsouthwales, et cetera. And I went on and I was thinking, where is this, where is it? And eventually I worked it out. In Australia, ATO is the Australian tax office. <laughs> In mm. South Africa and in aviation, it's basically your aircraft training organization of, so that you can do the paperwork and the legalities. And even in that, you can lose stuff in translation. Because I called him. I was like, mm. I don't need to sort out my tax. I need a conversion. He's like, mm. oh, I gave you the, the tax office number. I was like, yeah, I realized. Yeah. 
So even yeah. there, it's about where you say simplifying it. Do not assume that people understand your acronyms, your business terminology. Obviously, if you're in an audience with people who are at a different level, if you're talking to people in your industry about your products, sure, they're likely to understand it. But the man in the street who goes, hey, what do you do? Remember, they're not in your industry. So it's a case of sometimes you're so close to the picture, you don't see the frame. So you do need to sometimes step back. That was very serious. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, don't sales hustlers don't assume that your customers, your prospects, people you're networking with are going to understand your industry lingo or your acronyms or things that seem simple to you. Assume that they don't and craft your pitch around that, Correct. right? Um, and and I've seen this firsthand, right? I, I run a um, a a voice over IP company. So we're a cloud-based business phone system. And early on, you know, when we would tell people, hi, this is so-and-so calling from Monster VoIP, um, you know, and people didn't, you know, we assumed people understood or knew what VoIP was and they didn't. They said, Monster what? (laughs) And uh, what is, you know, what is VoIP? Um, All of these different things that we, you know, our, our script, our pitch was you know based on was 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 assuming that they knew what VoIP VOIP was, yeah. which stands over for Voice Over Internet Protocol. Um, so we change it to you know cloud based business phone system. People get that, hundred right? um, They understand that better. Um, and you know I've seen some really pe- people get really clever with their pitch when it's maybe a little bit complicated, and to explain it would be a little bit exhausting. Um, I can't remember the name of the company, but they were pitching me on, uh, you know, they had basically outsourced uh, people that would make cold calls for you, right? But they did it in a different way. It wasn't like an outsourced sales appointment setting company. It wasn't like an outsourced SDR company. It was essentially... You uh, load your list, you load your script, and then there was these, you know, independent folks that, you know, could log in for a couple hours, maybe working from home, moms, you know, retired people, looking people looking for extra money, whatever it was, um, they could just log in and call on your behalf. And, you know, you paid a rate for that and stuff like that. But, you know, for them to explain all that would be a lot. And you, you most people get lost. So what they what they said in their pitch, which made so much sense to me, they said, we're like the Uber for cold calling. Beautiful. And I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's so simple. They didn't have to say anything else. And from there, the conversation just moved forward. Yeah, 100%. And that's it is, you know, you want to get the message across. You want to showcase your brand. You want to engage with your prospects because obviously that's why we're out there. But you want to do it in a way that's easy, that's not complicated for them, not complicated for you either because you don't have to be thinking, thinking, thinking that it's natural, that it's easy. So that's, that's exactly right. And what, so what's your take on, you know, using something like that, an example, like we're the Uber for cold calling or we're the, like, how have you, have you seen that used in, in ways where it's worked really well? So I've seen it used in ways, not necessarily with Uber as the thing, but funny enough with one of my clients who uses the, the analogy of Airbnb, and again, mm-hmm. that concept. So analogies right. are great. And of course, they 
they're great so long as you're in a country that gets it. I don't know, is there even a country that doesn't have Uber, I ask. But the truth is, if you mentioned that in a country that didn't have Uber, they'd be like, what? What's an Uber? Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God. So again, it's about keeping it relevant to your audience, analogies that they can easily associate with. And I mean, you've got some amazing brands out there like Airbnb, like Uber. People may disagree with me, but they, they are super brands. And they brand well, even if they relate- even if they like the brand or don't like the brand, as long as they understand what they do yeah. and you can relate it to what you do, yeah. it helps it resonate with them so much. At a, it clicks. You, you know, they're like, oh, you can really like feel like, oh, they get it. Yeah. And once they get it, then, you know, you, you, you've saved yourself a lot of time yeah. and you've made that impression that's needed to keep the sales conversation going. Yeah. I actually had a client and he used the analogy of, um, he said, we are basically like the Mercedes Benz of signage. And again, everybody knows a Mercedes Benz. You may not like right. Mercedes Benz, but you, you know, when you think of that vehicle, you're thinking of, you know, quality, longevity. You're thinking of all the good stuff. Luxury. Luxury. It feels good, looks good. Um, You know, again, people may be saying, are you crazy? But we think of the brand and and there is definitely associations to it. So, yeah, if there is that that opportunity, oh, yes, you go for that. I love it. I love it. All right. So tell tell me about uh, let's 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 kind of dig in. Right. So the person that's really struggling, struggle, struggling with their pitch and really just doesn't know where to start. What, you know, what, walk me through, you know, what they can do. Okay. So I'm going to go straight to the seven key foundational elements because this is your, your framework or your base, your skeleton, however you, yeah. you see it. So the first thing is really super easy. It's your name. (laughs) Okay. So again, people say, why is this important? Well, for a number of reasons, people want to be able to refer to you as somebody as opposed to, you know, the handsome guy with the dark hair. That's you, Colin. (laughs) Um, So they want to be able to say, I met Colin as opposed to I met a guy or I met a girl. So your name Mm -hmm. is really important. What's interesting on that is people remember the name. So in other words, if your name is Catherine, but you want people to call you Kathy, you need mm-hmm. to introduce yourself as Kathy because they will, rem- will remember the first name that you say. So your name in a professional environment, I always say use your first name and your surname. Mm-hmm. In this day and age where we're working on Zoom, we're working on Google Meets, we're working on MS Teams, we've got all these these platforms. And the truth is in those rooms, although I think I'm super special being called Sarah, there's a good chance there's another one in the room. So for me, first name and surname in a business environment, essential. Obviously, if it's a casual encounter, a networking event, you're shaking hands or greeting somebody, it may just be your first name, but definitely use your name and the name you want people to remember you by. Easy. That's now, now, now it seems easy. It seems easy. Okay. But I have seen, you know, it, and I just want to, you know, listen up, sales hustlers, because, you know, it seems like, oh, so simple. It's my name. But some people have names or nicknames, or maybe it's Dan or Daniel or whatever the case is. Make sure whatever you're telling people is matching what's on LinkedIn, what's on your socials, what's on your email, because it can get really confusing. Like, you know, you're looking for an email and it's like, I know I talked to Dan earlier, but the email is Daniel, you know, like just that's a classic example of like making sure like your pitch matches 
you know, what you're putting out there, what's on social, what's on your email as well. Like mm-hmm. it needs to be, you know, matching across, you know, all, you know, platforms and channels and, 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 and language and everything. And what's interesting on that, if you go into Zoom meetings where a lot of people are, are networking these days, when you name yourself, you need to put Sarah Bowling because Again, like for me, LinkedIn is my platform where I enjoy engaging with people. So for me, if Sarah Bowling is there, I'm lucky. There is only one of, there's only one of me on LinkedIn. If there's anyone out there who's called Sarah Bowling, they haven't found LinkedIn, don't tell them about it. <laughs> but the truth is, we'll, we'll keep it secret. Shh, keep it on the lowdown. But the truth is, if people are looking for me on LinkedIn, they just need to bang in. Sarah Bowling, bang. Even if for example, it was Sarah Jones, which is probably more common. They would at least see my, you know, have a picture so that they can find you. Go, you know, she's blonde, not dark haired, whatever. But again, if you just put your first name, I cannot find you. Not for love or money, unless you've got a really, really interesting name and there's only one of you in the world. So absolutely mm-hmm. agree on that. Your name, and it's so silly. But your name is really important. And if you want to shorten it up or if you've got a fancy nickname, that can come as the relationship builds. But you really want to get that connection from the get-go with your name so that they can find you and refer you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So that one's simple. We got it. What's next? Okay. Next is what you do. So there's a couple of things here. The what Mm -hmm. you do and the company name could fall into number two. But I'm going to come back to this so you can start seeing what works best for you because each of you are different. Each of you have got different settings, etc., or different segments in your business. So what you do is more important than your company name. So as an example, and this is merely an example, if I said, hi, my name is Sarah Bowling, and I'm from Goodison's Consulting, The question going through their mind is, so what, who cares, what do you even do? And then Mm -hmm. I would retort and say, but everybody in my street knows Goodison's Consulting because it was my great-great-grandfather's business and it's been passed down generations and here I am. And they go, great, but what do you do and who cares and why why do I Mm -hmm. want to listen to you? But everyone in the street knows who I am. That's lovely. Are you doing business with everybody in your street or is there a little thing called a country or (laughs) cross border? So again, although your name may be the most important thing to you, unless your name says what you do, you need to really specify what you do. When you listen to people, if someone said, hey, I do digital marketing, I know, great. I know that he does digital marketing. Let's see where the conversation goes. If he only gets to digital marketing 20 seconds later, I go, what was his name again? What, what does he do? What's the company? You've wasted time. So unless your company name is super clear or super famous, you may say, hey, I'm from Mercedes Benz. Hopefully everybody knows that brand. But what you do is more important than your company name. So there are times where you do need to set your ego aside. And I say that gently Mm. because I get it. But we will bring your company name in if it doesn't appear in number two. Okay. And and I I would I would argue to say not only do they care that I don't you know what you do is important, but what you're gonna do for them 
is more important, right? Um, and I don't know. Am I jumping ahead? Am I jumping oh, yeah, ahead? Jumping ahead. You okay, sorry. Him, man. I don't I love it. Okay. Spoiler. Be- spoiler. It's okay. We do the spoiler alert because, you know, we get there eventually. Okay. Number three is the pains, the struggles, or the challenges that your prospects may have. So again, you might say, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or a negative Nancy or whatever you call it, you know, whatever you call it. I don't want to go straight for the pains. Excuses is what I call it. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to think, you know, I'm a negative (laughs) person. And, but here's the deal. Often people don't know what they don't know. That's the Mm -hmm. first thing. The second thing is if you let them know this is a pain, this is real, they will Take that as the hook. In other words, oh my gosh, okay, so I need to listen to this person because they they completely get the problems that I'm having. This is where your connection starts. And I'm not saying we need to do all doom and gloom, not all zoom and gloom as they call it. It's not all doom and gloom. It's just highlighting these are challenges that you may have, that your business may have. Right. The people who are not necessarily just selling products or services, they may be selling their, their own services, counselors, psychologists, etc. right through to people who are actually selling things, pens, phones, etc. But we and it's all it's all it's all about trying to connect with them, trying to resonate with them, trying to get them to easily understand who you are and what you do. Correct. And at this point, if they're going, this person understands my struggle, they're hooked. They may say, I don't have that struggle, but they're thinking about it, which means does somebody they know have that struggle, which comes to a referral at a later stage. Because we need to bear in mind, not every, as I say, you can't dance with everybody at the ball. Not everybody buys from you, but people do have Mm -hmm. networks. Okay, so the challenge, the pain, or the struggle. Then we get to number four, and this is the solution. So I want to chat about this for a second because it, It's like a puzzle that we're building. The solution Mm -hmm. could be a system or the solution could be a product or the solution could be your company. So as an example, for me, it is said mid-sentence. So my solution comes mid-sentence. I literally, if I had to write it out and put numbers, you'd have number four straight into number five. So I would not you not 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 four paragraphs. Not four par- paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> not four paragraphs. Listen, li- mid sentence, part of a sentence, four and five go together. Yeah, I think this is where a lot of people lose people is Correct. they try to say too much about what you do, Correct. how you do it, who you help, who you've helped, what logos you have, what wards you won, how long you've been around, all that other crap that nobody gives a shit about. Correct. So from there, and I'll give an example of my own. I would say, and I've got many pictures, so this is just <laughs> pick one out. So my name is Sarah Bowling, and I work with you to create your perfect pitch, one and two. Okay? Number three. Do you deliver a pitch, look back and think of all the things you could have said, you should have said, and you would have said if you had just had the time? That's the challenge. Mm. Someone can relate to that. Through the perfect pitch, and my sentence continues. So I haven't said, through the perfect pitch, which is seven key foundational elements in a four-hour course, and there's a membership package of it, all I've said is through the perfect pitch, and I continue. So this could be, 
I am a digital marketing strategist. I'm not in digital marketing, so do not shoot me. Do you struggle? <laughs> do you struggle to get your brand out there to connect with your potential customers? And IT just drives you mad. Okay, they're in. They've got it. With yeah. the mean monster marketing machine. Ah, so they don't care how the mean monster marketing machine works. What they're thinking is there's a solution. There's something here that can fix that challenge that they just spoke about. Or it could be through the la da digital media marketing school of executives, okay, that whole school mm -hmm. is the solution. So I've put the company name in there. So, so you're trying to peak, you're just trying to pique the interest. Correct. That you that you've stated the problem that resonates, you yes. know, that through you, through your company, you can solve that. Correct. But you're not going into too many details of how that yeah. happens. No. So remember when we when we first spoke, and it's something I share with with delegates, with people I speak to, is the pitch is not about selling. I don't necessarily want you to buy this thing right now. The pitch leads to meaningful conversations, and the meaningful conversations mm. is where the magic actually happens. Now you've All right, let's stop. Let's yeah. let's stop for one second. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, sales hustlers, rewind and listen to that again. Would you like the pitch? Is not it? about sell. Yeah, please. The pitch is not about selling. Tell them what it's about, Sarah. It is about leading to meaningful conversations. And the meaningful conversations is where the magic happens. Now, if you have resonated, you've hit their pain, you've mentioned a solution. They may ask you afterwards, what is the mean monster marketing machine all about? Yeah. Now you can tell them in a succinct way what this machine does and how it gets results. So that is often what to the questions that follow. The questions obviously then become a dialogue, which is a conversation, which in essence you want it to become that meaningful and magical conversation. Okay. All right. So now tell, tell me this, and you, I'm assuming that you've seen a lot of pitches, right? Maybe when you work with people, is it like, hey, let's just start from scratch or give me what you're doing, you know, give me your pitch now and then pick that apart and tear it down and rework it and create a new one, yeah. right? So- so I would venture to say, and I don't know because I'm not a pitch expert, but I would say that the most common mistake is that people try to start selling too early and include that in their pitch. Is that true? 100% correct. One. The, other, the other side is... They don't give enough information to lead to meaningful conversations. It's awkward when you've given a pitch and someone goes, oh, that's lovely. And you go, mm, ask a question, <laughs> say something to mm. me, please. Mm. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and we'll come back to how do we build that pitch. I'll, I'll come back to that question if you don't mind. Yep. Okay. We then get to number five. So we've got the name, what you do, your pains, your solution. Number five is the benefits. So here there's mm. a big sign written across the person's forehead which says WIFM. What's in it for me? So yeah. I did mention earlier that people are inherently good, and I still believe that. I really, really do. But there is a mm. sense of self as well. If I'm going to listen to you, if I'm going to engage with you, I want to know what's in it for me.
Even the kindest, nicest, goodest, <laughs> most amazing people in the world do want to know what's in it for me. I'm not just going to buy the thing from you because you seem like a nice guy. How's this going to benefit me? So what is interesting, and I guess it's a, I guess it's a sign of the times, is that most of the benefits that people sell is time, money, and energy. Time, money, and energy are probably the top three, and I see that on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. This is where people go. You know, by using our services, we save you time. The question I ask them at that point is, so what? Well, it means that they have, and depending what their pitch is about, more time to spend on their business. So what? Mm -hmm. Which means that their business can grow. So what? Which means that they make more money, if money is the, the driver for that particular person. And not everyone's driven by money. Some people are just driven by self-satisfaction, having a set future, whatever the case is. But when you do the benefits, it's not about how quick the machine works. It's how much time the machine saves. But then you need to ask the question, so what? That means that, mm. so what? You should be able to ask three so what's. And when you ask it, you actually get to the core so that you can live a fulfilled, happy life surrounded by your children and pets, if that's what you are, if that's the benefit you, you're promoting. So when we talk about the benefits and I want to go back again, and you'll see I keep going back because everything, there's a marriage here. Everything happens. Yeah. We've spoken about the pain. So they go, oh, my golly, this person totally gets me. They breathe because you go, I've got a solution. And the benefit mm -hmm. is I'm in. Whatever that is, I want a piece of it. That's where mm -hmm. meaningful, magical conversations happen. Those three things together are core. And they've got to relate to each other. So I can't tell you about, you know, you can, you can, um, you know, are you struggling to spend more time with your family through the super duper monster machine? You're able to spend more time on your business because I'm going, well, my family and my business are two very different things. So you need right. to decide what is that pitch about? You know, is it about spending time with your family or is it about spending time in the business? And remember, and this is the cool thing, Colin, with this, with the seven key foundational elements is they are able to switch their pitch depending on their audience. Mm, then, that was my next question. That was so my at next this question. Point, there's two things. I go back to your first uh, question where you're saying, do we just parrot it? No, because mm. your accounts person may be speaking to somebody with a very different need versus your salesperson. So this is where you start adapting it. And what is interesting mm. is when you are mindful of how these three things marry up, you can walk into a networking event, be it online or live, and you can change your pitch in a heartbeat. For mm. me, I had a pitch that was built around builders. Do not laugh. But I was looking for builders to come and do the pitch because in that referral networking group, there were some builders and some tradies who were struggling. So I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to veer the whole pitch towards them and, you know, they, they're going to come. And I got into the Zoom room and I was literally going, where are all the tradies? And I messaged them. I went, where are all the tradies? They went, oh, they're at the tradie conference. And I went, I didn't know there was a tradie conference. In that moment, I went, who is in the room? 
And I noticed there were two new guys and I said, hey, who are you? Where are you from? They were both bankers. And I figured, you know what? These guys don't know me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veer this towards bankers. Their needs, their struggles and their benefits are very different to the tradies. And I just switched up a couple of words. And of course, at the end of it, I thought, well, let's see, you know, let's see what happens. And lo and behold, the two bankers were the ones that reached out to me. So again, being mindful of those elements and being mindful of how you can change them around means that when you walk into a room, you are prepared. Because there's also times, and I, I can guarantee sales, your, your hustlers have had this happen, where someone goes, we're going to a room and this person that's going to be there you know it's all the top executives it's all the mm -hmm. ceos decision makers you better bring your a game and you walk in and you get chatting and you go hey what do you do i'm just a pa or i'm just a whatever and you go this is not the high level ceo we were promised now the truth is you can't walk out and say you know this was not the event i was invited to but rather to say, how do I pitch this so it resonates with that PA who's ultimately going to get to the CEO? The messaging is different. So answered your question that we covered earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So there, there, there you go. There's how to build your perfect pitch. And uh, I think that one thing that I want to kind of talk about before we wrap it up here is how important is it to do it in that order? Okay, so there's just two more things, and I know we're out of time. Sorry, we got yep. so chatty and conversational. So I'm going to just give you what those two are so that people can still bring their pitch together. Number six yep. is why you. In other words, what is your credibility? And again, this will change depending on who you are in the business. or And this could be the why you of your business as well. So make sure that you've got that credibility built in there. And number seven is my absolute favorite invite them to engage because if you don't mm. ask people to engage with you and you need to make it easy it could be drop me an email send me a text message give me a ring pop onto our website fill in the calendly link but people need to know that they can engage with you that they're invited to do so and how yes. to do it and it's not about selling it's about simply saying i want to have a meaningful conversation so the order we've got name what you do, the pains and the challenges and the struggles, the solution, the benefits, mm -hmm. why you, and invite to engage. Your question was, how important is the order? Mm -hmm. Your call to action should always be at the end. Now, your credibility also should be at the end because I don't care about your credibility if I know that you can't, or let me rather switch that round. I care about your credibility if I feel that you can solve my problem. You may, for example, want to start all happy. I always recommend that you stick to that order, but there are times that that changes. You may start off asking a question. Do you struggle to deliver your pitch with clarity and confidence? So I've started with number three. My name is Sarah Bowling. I specialize in creating the perfect pitch. So I've just switched those around, and so I would carry on. So there are times mm. where you can switch it around, but you want to hit them with the pain so that they get the hook. You want to hit them with the solution so they can breathe, and you want to hit them with the benefits so that they buy into you. But, yeah, to switch it around means you're not going to lose the sale. This, for me, is just the most effective route from A to B. 
Mm, wow. All right. So much good things in there to craft your perfect pitch, sales hustlers. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on today. Tell folks where they can connect with you, where they can learn more about if they need help with their pitch. Okay. So a couple of places, of course, on LinkedIn under Sarah Bowling. So you could connect with me right away and I would absolutely love that. Um, I will send you, Colin, a link to the Pitch for Coffees, which is a free, fun online session that I run each week. I've got three times, so no matter where you are in the world, you can jump onto that call. It's absolutely free. We share elements of the perfect pitch. We have some discussions. We have some fun. And, of course, you bring your own beverage, so you can't complain about the coffee. But, again, I'd love <laughs> to see you there. You just register. I'll approve it, and you'll get a link. And then, of course, if you're interested in actually taking your pitch and creating something absolutely magical, you'd like the accelerated version, then, of course, I invite you to reach out to me again through LinkedIn is probably the easiest um, or on my website, and that is sarahbowling.com.au. But LinkedIn is probably the easiest and drop me a message. I can send you information on the perfect pitch course. Four hours with me. We have an absolute blast and you leave with a pitch and the tools to prepare it. So yeah, those are the, that's what I'm able to do. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.